1-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a fastball at 99. And Josh Hader, with his 500th career strikeout, gets his 12th save of the season. And the Brewers win this one by a final score of 5-4. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a big moment, Josh Hader doing so. He becomes the second fastest to 500 strikeouts in the history of Major League Baseball in terms of innings pitched. Only Araldis Chapman has gotten there faster. He got there, I think, in an inning and a third faster than Hader, so a, almost a virtual tie. Chapman was just four or five outs uh, faster to, uh, to the 500 career strikeouts than Hader, but second all-time, and it's pretty remarkable what he's been able to do. 855-616-1620, that's the Yankee at Mortgage Talk, a text line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauly on air. To me, I think the most interesting talking point of this game was the decision to leave Devin Williams in. And not that I'm not going to take an opinion on it, I just, here's where I struggle with it. Because generally I actually would have really liked it. Even with him struggling in that moment, I like the idea that Craig Council looks at him. He looked at him and said, this is your guy. Like there was, It was an intense moment. You don't get a lot of uh, intense manager-to-player moments uh, over the course of a season. Like Baseball just isn't doesn't play out that way. It's not like football where a guy's coming over to the sideline and getting pumped up. It just it doesn't happen. So when there are moments like those, I really like them. And... The thing that like gives me pause, it's not actually Williams' performance. It was his pitch count. You get to 35 pitches, you are in danger zone as a relief pitcher. And he was inching towards 40 pitches. That is a ton of pitches. So in, in many ways, I felt like he was being left out to dry by being allowed to throw that many pitches. If the exact same thing would have happened but it would have happened in 25 pitches, not 35 pitches. I'm, I'm telling you right now that I'm all in on Williams being allowed to face off against Naquin. The fact that he was at uh, had passed 35 pitches, that's what gives me pause on whether or not uh, that was the right decision. Now, I want to get something out of the way kind of early here. Um, Doug texted in, said... Uh, Josh Hader saves the day again. It's going to be a sad day after when he goes elsewhere to make his well-deserved money. Hard to replace a future Hall of Famer. Williams looked like he might not be the one. What starter could be turned into a closer since they have an abundance of them? I uh, got another text message from uh, Jake. Or actually, this was a tweet. I understand Craig Council keeping him in to keep his confidence up if he gets out, but if he doesn't and that happens, ouch. Hopefully a stretch of days or getting sent down to find the strike zone is in his future. All right, let's go full stop on this one for a second because there seems to be this belief that Devin Williams is really struggling this year. He's not. He had a slow start to the season. There's a lot of guys who had a slow start, and he had a bad night tonight. I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating it. Devin Williams had a bad night tonight. Anybody with eyes or ears, can tell you that he had a bad night tonight. But what about his last eight games? His last eight games before today, eight appearances, seven and a third innings pitched, three hits, zero, none, zilch, zippo runs, ten strikeouts, two walks, 125 average against, 0.68 whip. 
and we're sending text messages saying he's not the guy for the future. We're sending tweets saying, oh, he's got to go down to AAA and find his strike zone. He had a bad night, people. He had a bad night. Everybody has a bad night. He had a bad start to the season, and he had a bad night. This is a guy who's been the rookie of the year. This is the guy who's been the National League reliever of the year. And we're going to jump off a cliff because he had a bad night over the course of a 162-game season? Ooh, tough crowd. Tough crowd. Tyler Texton, I honestly think Council has the utmost confidence in his bullpen. And at the end of the day, you have to trust the guys you have. Look at the Nationals' bullpen the year they won the thing. They had nobody. Our bullpen is a little better than that. Not elite, but better. We have the best pitching staff in baseball outside of Los Angeles. Uh, text, uh, tweets, it was a stupid decision, says T-Bone. Josh says he should have been out of there after the bases loaded walk. Uh, Jack of No Trade says, on one hand, I like giving him the opportunity to clean up his own mess, but on the other hand, I never like seeing a single-inning reliever nearing 40 pitches. Very tough call. Yeah, I'm with you right there. Again, the pitch count is the thing that, uh, that, that kind of bugs me. Dawn, clearly he was struggling. He should have been pulled. Uh, Jim should have pulled him. Brewer Dave, Williams just had eight straight scoreless appearances. I like showing the confidence in him unless they were going to bring in Hayter for a four-out save. Going with Williams is the best option there. If this is the playoffs, I would have hoped that he would have used Hayter there. I don't know if he would have, Dave. I don't. like. They are so hell-bent on this Josh Hader being a one-inning guy and nothing beyond that, even in the postseason. I'm not, I, again, it's hard to say right now, but I'm not sure. Matthew tweets in, 1,000% like. That's actually technically mathematically impossible, Matthew, but we'll give you a pass on this one. He gave Williams an opportunity to prove himself against a soft lineup with a three-run lead. It's mid-May, and Council can afford to play the long game on Williams and bullpen rolls. Uh, Bruni, Bruni felt like running on a soapy slip and slide while there's a community pool we could have swam in. Uh, Joshua, dislike. Obviously didn't have his stuff tonight. Jackson says it was pretty clear that he was struggling. They can't keep letting him work through it at the cost of ball games. Again, I think sometimes we are prisoners of the moment, and sometimes our mind goes to the negative. Like How many of these people who are tweeting or texting about Williams struggling this year realized the dominance that he had had over his last eight games going into this, dating back to April 19th. Um, I, I don't know. I, again, I'm sure some of them know. Brewers fans are very are a very intelligent fan base. But I'm sure some of these people saw his rough start and had kind of checked out here for a while while he was just rolling through innings. Because what do you remember? You remember the bad stuff. When Williams comes in and has a nondescript eight inning and a three-run lead against Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, you don't remember it. And then he has a night like this, and what do you do? You remember the bad stuff. 855-616-1620. It's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air. Brewers get the 5-4 win in Cincinnati. We continue on in just a moment here on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley. Eric Smith here from Austin Plumbing. But Perdomo, a strike away from getting out of it. 
The pitch. A little flare. Diving catch made by Urias near the bag at second base. Oh, Luis Urias coming up with a huge catch. Diving to his left and catching it just before it hit the dirt. I'll tell you what, there were some defensive plays made in this game. The Urias catch there is arguably the play of the game. You had Christian Yelich on that diving catch out in left field, which was fantastic. You had Tyrone Taylor with a a save and a beauty out there as he went feet first on a slide to keep the ball in front of him, and that saves a run in a one-run game. There are some things that maybe don't show up on a box score that absolutely impact the Brewers winning this game today. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. So Josh Hader, two strikeouts tonight, number 499 and number 500. His 500th career strikeout, he does it. In 293 and two-thirds innings pitched, the only pitcher to get there faster, Araldus Chapman. Chapman did it in 292 innings. So in one and two-thirds innings faster, five outs faster for uh, Chapman than Hayter. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's good stuff. By the way, another bit of history was made tonight, some Brewers history. Freddie Peralta is the first Brewers pitcher to strike out eight or more but also hit two batters since Freddie Peralta did it September of last year against Detroit. Here's where the history comes in. (laughs) He is the first player in Brewers history to do it on two separate occasions. So that's that's kind of a fun one. The the fun and obscure stats that you can find in uh, over the course of a game. And I always look to uh, Doug Kern, who is a baseball historian at da kern seventy four on Twitter. He tends to have some uh, some really fantastic stuff there. Uh, Dan texting in says, "I hate to dwell on the negative. Great start to the season, but." And he has, let's see, one, two, three, four, five or six T's in there uh, on the butt. What are the options for Kane? Love his glove, but hitting not so much. Uh, Reminiscent of Bill Hall, both great, but average under 200, not acceptable thoughts. It's a really tough thing right now for the Brewers uh, dealing with Lorenzo Kane. Now, it's an interesting night to be talking about that because he goes two for three tonight. But uh, he's not driving the ball. uh, Half of his hits our infield hits where he's beating it out over at first base. And if you're going to get half of your hits that way and you're going to hit 270, 280, 300, that's one thing. But if half of your hits are infield hits and you haven't gotten off the highway yet, well, that's, um, that's, that's not a great thing. It's still early. That, that would be the first thing I would say. It's still early, and I would be curious internally – how the Brewers feel about him. If they feel like he just needs more time to get back to a higher level of play, or if this is who he is. If this is who he is, then Tyrone Taylor is your guy in center field, and you use Kane when you need him. You know that you can bring him in as a defensive replacement. You know that he's going to give you great defense in center field. You know that he's going to be great in the clubhouse. You know all those things. Um, I don't I don't know how they kind of internally feel about him right now, about if they think he's going to come out of this or not. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Vinny Rotino joins us next here on WTMJ. 
This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Trail tonight by one. 0-1 pitch. Swinging a high fly ball to left field. That'll back up Pham onto the warning track. Pham in front of the fence looking up. It is gone, and we are tied. A home run by Urias. Second time that he has gone deep against Hunter Green. And that's the first hit of the night for the crew against the right-hander. It ties the score 1-1 in the fourth inning. 5-4. Brewers get the win in Cincinnati. Anything but easy. Rubber game of the match coming up tomorrow afternoon. Technically tomorrow morning is when the game will get started. Brewers Externings continues on. My name is Matt Pauley. Vinny Rotino, former Brewer, Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst joining us. And Vinny, let's start with this. The question of the night. Craig Council sticks with Devin Williams. Did you like that decision in the moment? Um... Geez, I saw that. I saw that tweet. I almost chimed in, but knew we were going to talk about it right now. Um, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's hard to say because who does he go to in that situation? Does he go to, you know? I, I thought J.C. Mejia should have probably started the eighth, but Devin Williams hadn't thrown a ton in the last week, uh, and so it's a four-run game. It wasn't really his role. You want to give the guy confidence, so so he's in there and he's struggling. My goodness, he couldn't throw strikes. Only 16 strikes out of 38 pitches. Unbelievable that he's he's that bad at times, and then he's that the opposite at times as well with his ability to throw strikes. So I don't know. I, I think he sh- probably should have because if you bring in Perdomo as he did there after, um, it probably would have worked out the same anyway. <laughs> I don't know. So look, I think he's tipping his pitches is what I think. I think sometimes the opposing team understands what he's going to be throwing just based off of the way that they're taking his changeup at times and then they're really geared up to hit the fastball. I, I think he's 100% tipping his pitches in some way. I'm trying to find out on on uh, video what he's doing, um, but that's what it looks like to me. I, I liked Craig Council saying to one of his guys, you're my guy, now go get this out in kind of like an intense moment. I didn't like, uh, in some ways, I felt like you're, be, you're hanging them out to dry when that pitch count is going to 35-40. I mean, that's danger zone territory for a relief pitcher. Yeah, I mean, four, 38 pitches is, you know, half of, an, uh, half of a start for some guys, right? So I, I, get, I get that part of it. He hadn't thrown in a while. You definitely want to give him confidence. But at the same time, like, you know, he matched up pretty well against Naquin with that left on right and the changeup that does go away and fade away from from hitters uh, he hit a changeup though it was it was a it was a decent changeup it stayed up a little bit and he hit a double into the corner how about Tyrone Taylor's not to change the sub how about Tyrone T- Taylor's game saving sliding play into the corner to keep the run keep that tying run out of or off home plate so um yeah, it, it, Devin Williams has been a head scratcher f- for me all year long so far. Uh, we just need to get him consistent. So this is a team that just committed seven errors in one series. I think that was the number against Atlanta. And in this game today, they have the the Urias diving catch. They have the Yelich play out in left field, and they have the play that you just mentioned. This is one of those games where defense goes a long way towards helping them win. 
Yeah, Luis Arias's play obviously saved the game. I, I in in the play I just mentioned with Tyrone Taylor in the corner in right field also saved the game. But Luis Arias's play, I, I'll say this: I don't know how many shortstops are diving for that ball. It, it was it was a weird play in that he dove for a soft line drive on the infield. I, I feel like some shortstops are going to let that ball bounce and try and hose the guy at first base, and which he would have one hundred percent been safe. It was an unbelievably instinctual play by Luis Arias and I think it just goes to show that Craig Council can go to him every once in a while to give Willie Adamas a day off from shortstop despite the fact that he you know has had throwing issues in the past from shortstop and even at third base but um, yeah and then Christian Yelich's play in left field that was a tremendous play Uh, he had two plays in a row basically two nights in a row with that sliding play down in the corner or down down the line as well um, and then, yeah, we mentioned that Tyrone Taylor play. So uh, this team has been very, very good defensively. Obviously, not in Atlanta they weren't, but uh, they've been very good def- defensively. They're run prevent. They're a run prevention team still. I still believe that. But um, the great, great glove work last couple of nights. Right, you've watched Willie Adamas play a lot. We know the strength of his arm. If he's at shortstop today, does he? Wh- how do you think he handles that ball? I'm telling you, I don't see any other shortstops diving for that play because it it, it just it kind of as a shortstop you're like I'm gonna let that but the 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 play that you practice is that one where you just let it bounce and then you try and hose the guy at first base. I'm telling you, it's a weird feel to that play when I watch that unfold. The fact that Willie Do- or Luis Arias dove for that ball, he made a similar play last year to preserve a no hitter from Freddie Peralta against their, the Arizona Diamondbacks, but that was more into the outfield. So you do see those plays, you know, guys diving for those balls in the outfield, but a soft ball that would have bounced in the infield, you just you just don't see that very often. I think I, I, it was just an instinctual play by Luis Arias. It was, it was, for me, the best play of the year so far. Last thing for you, Freddie Peralta's line is good. One run on four hits, five and two-thirds innings. What doesn't show up in that is his pitch count got pretty high in the first couple innings, and he was still able to battle his way into the sixth inning. To me, that makes that performance that much more uh, impressive. Yep, and I talked to Carlos Villanueva a little bit after the game and how impressive he was with that slider. The ability to, to kind of get a little bit more horizontal movement with that slider is consistently more horizontal. And just the ability to do that for him, meaning more sweep to it, is huge for him to get swing and miss both on the on that four-seam fastball up and then on that slider. He threw a bunch of sliders tonight, and he threw 33 of them, in fact, and he threw 50. 54 seamers. So that's, that's, I like that, right? As, as opposed to earlier in the season, he was trying to work in and force maybe a little bit too much changeup usage. And so now I think he's really settling into that four seam slider. And yeah, he just made a bunch of pitches tonight. It wasn't the fact that he was just like totally dominant with one or the other. He just, he just pitched. And I think that's a really good sign for Freddie Peralta. All right, Vinny, good stuff as always. We'll talk to you again real soon. For sure. Thanks. All right, very good. There's Vinny Rotino joining us. We'll take a break. When we come back, the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Falling. Five-four. Brewers get the win in Cincinnati. Josh Hader, another save, his twelfth of the year. Two strikeouts. 
numbers 499 and number 500 of his career, gets to 500 strikeouts, second fastest of any player in the history of Major League Baseball. Manager Craig Council spent some time uh, talking to the media just a little while ago, and he uh, opened up his thoughts talking about just the level of consistency and greatness they continue to get from Josh Hader. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it, it's it makes certainly makes my job a lot easier, and um, the fact that he's just been so good, um, you know, he just he just locked in, and he um, just gets the job done, um, and it it almost. You know, it's not something we ever take for granted, but the way he does it is, is so, so impressive. Craig, Devin had been so efficient um, in his previous outings, like last handful, I guess. Was it just a maybe lack of... They had good at-bats. I mean, you got to give them credit. They had good at-bats. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think there's anything more than that. Obviously, he didn't make some pitches that he wanted, but they also had great at-bats. So they gave him a tough, tough inning. And you just just to go with Perdomo there um, afterward, do you mind just going through the reason or the, the rationale going with him as opposed to maybe Trevor God? Or Trevor God was down tonight. Um, so then that was, that was really it. Just from pitching last night? Or uh, he, he's dealing with a little um, quad issue, and we wanted to avoid him tonight. Craig, you guys had that's, that's why we took him out of the game yesterday. Uh, some rough days in Atlanta defensively, but in the seventh, he only makes that great catch, and then Micho in the eighth was uh, yeah. kind of a game saver there. Yeah, two, two, two great catches. Uh, Wicho's play is obviously a enormous play and a great play. Um, I was just hoping he kept it in the infield and he makes the catch. Yeah. You probably didn't have the great best angle of it because he was in your way, but was it, did he say anything about whether that was a funky, looked like Farmer got Yeah, definitely. Well, he got really jammed. It was good, you know, good pitch and jammed him hard, but, um, you know, one of those balls where it uh, almost snuck through. Um, that was great, great play. Green looked a lot different than the last time you saw him. Was the slider the difference for him tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think his off speed was effective tonight. Um, you know, we had a we had a chance in the first when he was a little erratic, um, and he he pitched out of it with, with to Tyrone. Tyrone. Um, but his his off speed stuff was, you know, very usable tonight. Feels like these milestones come up a lot for Josh recently, but 500 career strikeouts. Just how how impressive is that, Mark, and how he's kind of evolved? You know, we've talked about that a lot as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just if it's possible that he's getting better, it it feels like he's getting better, and that that's what makes it so impressive. Um, So he passes a milestone. Um, and he passes a milestone in my mind, getting better, um, and that, that's what he could seemingly continues to do um, is improve on greatness, um, if, if that makes sense, even. But uh, he he continues to do that. It's kind of lost in the end of the game, but was that one of Freddie's better starts this season? Would you would you say? I thought Freddie pitched very very well. I thought I thought his breaking ball was very good tonight. Um, I thought he threw it for a lot of there was a lot of strikes he got with his breaking ball, um, and he just he pitched tonight. I thought um, he used his fastball. He had some juice on his fastball when he needed it um, in some big spots. and um, But I thought his breaking ball was the key. Um, and and it, uh, it, the hitters reacted differently to the breaking ball tonight, I thought. 
the other thing was your hitters after kind of weathering a bunch of really good stuff from Green hung in there, and you got a lot from the bottom of the order. Jace and yeah, Locaine had a nice game. Okay. Vic, Jace swung the bat really well. Um, and that's some nice. That's what you need. Um, those guys did a really nice job down there. Craig, what about just kind of the lift that you got from Victor and the time that he's been in there? You know, on base three times today, caught stealing. He's just he's quietly been really good for you. Really solid. Um, really, really solid. Um, working hard, and um, it, it's not easy to. You know, offensively, I think it's such a hard job playing like that, not getting regular bats, not playing back-to-back, and um, still doing a heck of a job offensively. That's Magic Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while ago. Brewers come away with a 5-4 win in Cincinnati. How does it all go down? This was an interesting game. We'll go back through it with the highlights next on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Fly ball. This. Deep right. And this. Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 5-4. Brewers get the win against the Reds. Starting pitching matchup. Freddie Peralta going for the crew. Hunter Green starting for Cincinnati. Looked like the Brewers might break through in the top of the first inning. Back-to-back walks to Colton Wong and Willie Adamas. And then with two outs, uh, they would get another base runner and Luis Urias, so that would load the bases for Tyrone Taylor. Green kicks and delivers, and a swing and a miss at a slider, and he strikes him out. And the Brewers will leave them loaded here in the top half of the first. That green was really iffy there right at the beginning, but the Brewers were unable to break through, and then the Reds would score the first run of the game in the bottom of the second. It all gets started with Mike Moustakis. 2-1 pitch, and that is a fair ball down the third baseline. And against that shift, that could be extra bases for Moustakis. He turns first, motors into second, and then puts the brakes on there with a leadoff double here in the bottom of the second inning. The next hitter is Tyler Stevenson. Line drive, right field, that's a fair ball, going to get all the way into the corner. Moustakis going to score easily. Stevenson racing for second base. He's in there standing up with an RBI double, and the Reds jump out in front. It's one to nothing, Cincinnati. Turns out that's the only blemish on the day for Freddie Peralta. He's forced to throw a ton of pitches in his first couple innings, but gives up just the one run, and then the Brewers would tie the game up. In the top of the fourth inning, the leadoff hitter in the inning is Luis Urias. Trail tonight by one. 0-1 pitch. Swinging a high fly ball to left field. That'll back up Pham onto the warning track. Pham in front of the fence looking up. It is gone, and we are tied. A home run by Urias. Second time that he has gone deep against Hunter Green. And that's the first hit of the night for the crew against the right-hander. It ties the score 1-1 in the fourth inning. And then Freddie Peralta puts up a zero in the next half inning in the bottom of the fourth. In the fifth inning, Freddie Peralta back out. He would strike out Tyler Naquin after giving up a double to Kyle Farmer, putting the go-ahead run on in scoring position. Matt Reynolds strikes out and brings up T.J. Friedel. A one pitch. Popped him up. Shallow right center field. Long run for Lorenzo Kane. He's there. He makes the catch on the run in shallow right center to end the inning. 
Good defensive play by Kane to get there. It remains a 1-1 game. The Brewers would take the lead in the top of the sixth inning. With one out, Tyrone Taylor gets a base hit. And after a pitching change, it would be Jace Peterson at the plate. Santian's pitch. This is laced into left center field. That is going to get down, plug the gap, roll all the way to the wall. Taylor's around 30. He's going to be waved home by Jason Lane. Here's the throw home. It's not in time. It's an RBI double for Jace Peterson, and the Brewers take a 2-1 lead. And they're not done. Lorenzo Cain is hit by a pitch, and Victor Caratini walks, so that loads the bases. That ends the day for Tony Santian. It brings in Lucas Sims. He faces off against Colton Wong. Wong hits a sacrifice fly. It scores Jace Peterson. The Brewers get two runs in the sixth, and they have a 3-1 lead. In the bottom of the sixth inning, Freddie Peralta still pitching as that pitch count continues to elevate. He strikes out Brandon Drury and gets Tommy Pham to line out, but then issues the walk to Mike Moustakis, and Tyler Stevenson gets a base hit. So runners on at first and second, two outs. New pitcher is Brent Suter, and he faces off against Colin Moran. Suter's 1-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a curveball. And the Reds will leave two on base here in the bottom of the sixth. Brad Boxberger comes in to pitch the seventh inning for the Brewers. Has a 1-2 frame, a 1-2-3 frame as he gets Tyler Naquin to pop out. Kyle Farmer to strike out. And then he gets a little bit of help from left fielder Christian Yelich with Matt Reynolds standing at the plate. 1-1 one, one is lined in the left field. Yelich coming on in, makes a dive. Oh, full extension. Christian made the catch. Holds on as his body hits the grass. And he just robbed extra bases from Matt Reynolds with a highlight reel play. That's one of the best catches we'll see in left field this season. Christian Yelich, the Superman dive to the backhand side and somehow, someway, caught the baseball before it hit the grass. Old friend Hunter Strickland comes on to pitch the eighth inning for the Reds. With one out, it's Jace Peterson. 1-2 pitch. Pull down the right field line. Racing over there is Naquin. He's not going to get it. It'll one hop off the wall. Peterson with a big turn at first. And he's into second standing up. Lorenzo Kane gets a base hit. Puts runners on at the corners for Victor Caratini. Hit into center field. That's on a line drive. And it's down in front of Friedel, the center fielder. Peterson will trot home and score, and the Brewers lead it 4-1. Kane stops it second. Caratini with a two-hit night. For Victor, his fourth RBI of the season. And boy, that's a huge insurance run for the crew. Colton Wong reaches on a fielder's choice. The out at second of Victor Caratini, but then Wong steals second, so runners on at second and third for Willie Adamas. 1-0 pitch to Willie. Sharply hit ground ball behind the bag at third. Fielded by Drury. Long throw to first. Is not in time. Willie beat it out. Kane scores from third, and it's 5-1 crew. Things go haywire, though, in the eighth inning. Devin Williams on to pitch for the Brewers with one out. He issues a walk to Brandon Drury, then issues a walk to Tommy Pham. Runners on at first and second for Mike Moustakis. 3-2 pitch. Line drive back up the middle and into center field for Mike Moustakis. Kane charging, and because he was charging so fast on that line drive, Drury's going to stop at third. Bases are loaded. 
Yeah, bases loaded at that point. He does strike out Tyler Stevenson, so it feels like maybe he's back on the path to getting out of it, but a walk to Colin Moran with the bases loaded forces in a run of Brandon Drury, and the inning still not over. At that point, manager Craig Council keeps Williams in the game to face off against Tyler Naquin. Devin comes set. The 2-2 pitch. Breaking ball hammered in the right field corner. Racing over there is Taylor. Gets it on a couple of hops. One run is in. Two runs are in. It's a 5-4 ball game. On a two-run double by Tyler Naquin. That ends the day for Williams. Luis Perdomo comes on, matches up against Kyle Farmer. But Perdomo a strike away from getting out of it. The pitch. A little flare. Diving catch made by Urias near the bag at second base. Oh, Luis Urias coming up with a huge catch. Diving to his left and catching it just before it hit the dirt. So it remains a one-run game. Brewers lead 5-4 to the ninth we go. Josh Hader on to pitch, walks Matt Reynolds. He's the tie and run at first, but then gets Alejo Lopez to fly out to Lorenzo Cain. Next hitter is Brandon Drury. Hader rears back, the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss at a slider. Hader with his 499th career strikeout. And he gets Drury for the second out of the inning. And then that brings up the always dangerous Tommy Pham. And the one-two pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a fastball at 99. And Josh Hader with his 500th career strikeout gets his 12th save of the season. And the Brewers win this one by a final score of 5-4. to four. With the win, Brewers are 20 and 11. Reds drop to 6 and 24. Brewers, five runs, nine hits, no errors. They leave 11. Cincinnati, four runs, six hits, no errors. They leave eight. Winning pitcher Peralta, two and one. The loss to Green, one and five. Hater the save, his 12th of the year. Only home run, Luis Urias, his second. Game lasts three hours and 50 minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 10,445 folks. We're back to wrap up the program in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Falling. Five-four. Brewers get the win in Cincinnati three-game series, even at a game apiece. They'll wrap up the series tomorrow morning. More on that in just a moment. Let's go around the NL Central. Cardinals lose to the Orioles today by a 5-3 score. Packy Naughton made the start for St. Louis, went three and a third, allowing three runs on five hits, two strikeouts, and no walks. They uh, do get a home run from Harrison Bader in the contest. Uh, also a hitting home run for St. Louis, uh, Brendan Donovan, but it was not enough as the Cardinals fall to the Orioles. Pirates lose, lose big against the Dodgers 11-1 after the Pirates had beat the Dodgers for the first time since 2018 yesterday. They can't make it two in a row. 11-1 the final score. Bryce Wilson giving up six runs on eight hits in two and two-thirds innings. Cubs in action right now, and they trail in San Diego by a four-to-three score. That game is in the bottom of the sixth inning. Old friend Wade Miley made his season debut for the Cubs. Three innings, three runs, five hits, one strikeout. He walks five. Around the Brewers, minor league system, low A Carolina. They win in 11 innings at Fayetteville 2-1. 
High A Wisconsin all over Quad Cities 17 to 4. Double A Biloxi over Birmingham by a 7-6 score. And Triple A Nashville now 21 and 9 as they knock off Jacksonville on the road by a 3-2 score. Brewers will wrap up this series against Cincinnati tomorrow morning. 11:35 first pitch. That means our coverage will begin at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. Adrian Hauser against Vladimir Gutierrez, the pitching matchup. Once again, the Brewers, they get the win tonight over the Reds, 5-4. Brewers coverage begins at 11 o'clock tomorrow here on WTMJ.